When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome into Poke the Bear episode 36. 36. I, I, I tried to think of a number or, or a player who had the number 36. But I, I couldn't think of one, on the Bruins at least. I feel like there hasn't been one in a while, unless you have one. No, we'll call this one the Marcus Smart episode. <laughs> Marcus Smart episode. I'm Evan Marinovsky, alongside Connor Ryan of Boston Sports. Connor, how are we doing? Evan, I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. The, the weather's nice. It's warm. This is a, like this is fun times of year. I always say to people, I love this time of year because like you grind through winter, You especially this winter. This winter was tough. It was very cold, covid couldn't go many places. The cases were really bad over the winter. And now it's the cases are going down. The vaccines are getting rolled out. And it's beautiful outside. You know? So, like, it's, it's I'm a, all it's for a, this. It's an overall upward trajectory, right? Like, you get to the spring. The weather's getting better. This is a normal year. This is, you know, you're getting ready for the playoffs in a couple of weeks. You got the summer after that. Then you got even, – even when you go from the summer to the fall, like, who doesn't like fall? You got – hopefully, you know, you got – baseball postseason you got just general fall stuff where your flannels go apple pick and have a good time and then what happens after that oh my god you go right into the holiday season right you got thanksgiving christmas then you hit january and then it goes into that dip again right like january to like mid-march not 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 tough not 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 ideal but as a whole we're, we're, we're in the upward trend right now I've always been very fortunate because my birthday is in February. So that at least is something that I can look forward to. You know, I, I can, yeah. I have it then and it's like, okay, good. Like I can, this gives me something in February. Cause other than that, there's nothing else in February. No. There's the Super Bowl, and then there's hockey and, and, and basketball. So yeah. Um, yes. And the one thing is, I don't know if people can tell, uh, I'm a little congested and that is because with the warm weather comes the allergies. Yes. It's always fun. And you always forget about, it. you always just run headfirst into the outdoors um, and then you quickly realize the sneezes come and all that. And you worry right now. Cause like, Oh my God, do I have COVID? And it's like, no, it's just, just, uh, I taste, I could taste my breakfast this morning. So, uh, mainly just, uh, a really bad case of the allergies. Um, but at any rate, uh, there is Bruins to get to. There's quite a bit of Bruins. Um, and as people know, as the trade deadline approaches April 12th, um, there's going to be a lot more about trades and a lot more reported about trades. And yesterday, uh, Tuesday, it was reported that to get Matias Ekholm from the Predators, you would need a first round pick, an elite prospect, and then a third asset. So the third asset's kind of whatever. You want to throw in a vending machine? You throw in a vending machine. Um, maybe a little more than that. But the main thing is the first round pick and the elite prospects. Now, uh, it's 
very, it's been talked about for a long time that the team cycle will be a great fit in Boston. They have the first round pick. They do have the elite prospect. And maybe if you want to say like elite prospects, like you could have some more. Um, but because a lot of people would say that their farm system is not that great. So how many elite prospects do you really have? Um, but at any rate, the real question that everyone's kicking around right now is should the Bruins pay this price? Should they do this? And we talked about this on Bruins beat because, uh, Fluto had kind of did a proposal. Um, was a first Johnny Beecher and, uh, Erhovac and Iden. Do you do that deal if you're the Bruins? Yeah. I mean, that it's, uh, it's quite the ask in terms of what, what it would take to get Ekholm. And again, granted, it's because Ekholm's very, very good, right? I mean, I think if you add him to this decor, um, you've got one of the, one of the better top fours, I think, whether it's, let's just say it's, you know, McAvoy, Ekholm, Grizzly if they go back to that, like that's pretty damn good. You can flip those around and you still got two really, really, really good D pairs. So, uh, I think in terms of his value, I think it would certainly help a lot. And I think you've seen a lot of people say like, well, their D's looking great. Like even when they haven't been winning games, I think they're averaging like one and a half goals against per, uh, you know, per game the last two weeks. It's like, well, yeah, but also you got a guy like Ekholm. It's not like he's a, you know, a, let's look at like a David Savard or one of these other guys that they could be going after where he's a very good defenseman, but more of a stay at home guy. Like Ekholm is very good at generating five and five offense which you need, right? Like it's, it's kind of a big deal. Um, so, I mean, I think he would help out in multiple regards, you know, he's got, I think four, four goals already this year. So he knows how to get pucks through traffic. Um, he's good at generating offense, he's good in transition for a big body at six, four. So in terms of what his value is, it's certainly worth it for the Bruins. If you're committed to making that, uh, push forward that this, going into this postseason, it's just what, what the cost will be. And again, who knows if that's Nashville trying to drive the price up by kind of stating those, those terms, right. With the first. And um, I think maybe the, the bigger challenge is just what those asking prices are. Like, I don't, what is like the other asset, right. Are we talking about like uh, a guy who's maybe not getting regular minutes here, like a, like a Bjork or, or something like that. Or are we talking about, do they want like DeBrusque on top of that? Right. Like that, that that's one of, I think the bigger issues because, um, I think we talk about it all the time, especially when it comes to trades. But I think if you're the Bruins, you also have to be cognizant of the fact that it's not just these three pieces that you'd have to give up. If it's, you know, who knows what they value as an elite prospect. Like, are we talking about Stanika or are we talking about, which if that's the case and you're like, all right. Like, I don't think Sadiq is untouchable by any means, but also you have to be, you're already giving up a first and another asset. You have to be aware of what it is. If, if it's Erho Vakanainen, who has value, I think, to a lot of teams because you don't have to protect him in the expansion draft, then maybe that's someone that you, you look at including. But, um, as a whole, I think it depends on what, what the cost is because you're going into this view quite at home. Yeah, you give up these three pieces, but also you have to be cognizant of the fact that you probably are giving up a fourth guy in terms of how you're approaching the expansion draft. Like at the end of this, let's say they get at home and then because of it, whether they can't strike a deal with uh, Seattle to protect a guy, you know, and they Seattle takes a guy like Grizzlick, then you look at the at home deal in a, a grander scale and like, all right, we gave up a first uh, Beecher back in Ion and. and Technically, Grizzly, we lost all those guys just to get Ekholm, who 
who knows if the Bruins win the Stanley Cup this year, then it's all worth it, right? But if not, then you lose a guy like in Grizzly, who uh, they really value, who I think is a key cog on that decor um, for a guy in Ekholm who is very, very good. But also, I think next year he'd be 31. Like it's you have to look at the overall asset management. I think the expansion draft weighs heavily into that, and who knows, like. I think, you know, we talk about the expansion draft and like most things where we hop on, you know, how they're going to get out of this jam. We look at Tampa. I think for the last couple of months, we're like, oh, Tampa is absolutely screwed. How are they going to, how are they going to pay for all these guys? Right. They're, they're done. They got to, they got to sell, they're going to sell Kalorn and, and Palat and all these guys are pennies on the dollar. No, they got, they got out of it just fine. So um, we'll see what they do with the expansion draft, but I think that's something that weighs into their decision-making in terms of getting at home, because again, it's not going to, it's going to cost a lot, but I also think you have to be cognizant of just how much is too much for one player. When let's be real, like they need to get some help on the D, but they also, but the, you know, they have to get some scoring up front too. at home. Great five and five guy, but he's not the guy who's going to be the game changer in terms of getting that five and five offense running. You, it's funny the way you put it with Grizzly being another casualty of that trade is kind of a way, good way to put it in, a ter- in terms of, you know, maybe it's not the best option to do this deal. Now, if we're talking about really good options to do, though, and good options to definitely go to, that's obviously bet online. Tell the listeners about bet online. Absolutely. Listen up, guys. It's an exciting time of the year around the sports world. Football's over, the NBA is in full swing, and yes, Bruins hockey has returned. Even though you may not be at a game yet this year, well, yet, Right. We, we're going to yeah. have fans at in the stands starting today, actually. So Supposed to be, hopefully, yes. hopefully, yes. If, <laughs> if, if the Bruins are actually playing today on Thursday, then yes, they will be some of you guys at TD Garden. But uh, regardless of whether or not you're at a game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how the schedules change or the plays at play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. And it's not just sports. Bet Online even covers things like awards, TV shows, and reality TV. But listen, there are other options to wager than anywhere else online, and we even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to Bet Online and enter promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan, no one beats that. If you think someone beats that, you're wrong. Exactly. So what are you guys waiting for? Head to online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Go there now. Speaking of good deals, I just got a text on my phone. This made me so happy. It's Wednesday morning. Uh, it's free donut Wednesday from Dunks. Oh, I, one see free class. I see, I see and, what they did there. And uh, related, that's, that's a Matt Light Pittsburgh comedy. Uh, enjoy one free classic donut and drink perch. So now I have a reason to go to Dunks. Uh, but I probably won't get out until later. I work all day. I have a shift that I have to do at Turner. So I, if I go at 630, is the donut going to be fresh? Am I going to have like an assortment of donuts to pick from? Probably I mean, dude, not. If, if you weren't there at like 6.30 a.m., your donut's probably going to be pretty stale. That, like, I, that's I, I that's love, an odd point. Love Duncan, but we got we to gotta be, be real. It's like dealing with that home. You have to be cognizant of your situation. You, you have do. To understand that whatever French color you get, it's not going to be the highest quality by the time you get there at 9 a.m. The best was when you were younger and you'd go on a, to a, you know, to a early hockey game and, you know, 
mom or dad would take you to dunks before or after the game. And it would be like, you know, 7, 8 a.m. And the every donut rack is full with fresh donuts and bagels and muffins. And it's like, oh, I have everything I could ever want right yes. here to pick from. It's honestly, it's overwhelming. The stress mm-hmm. of picking the right donut in that moment was just too much. But they were always fresh. Always fresh. Yes. Um, so what you hit on, I think, with, with Ekholm hits a way bigger question. We talked a little bit about this on Bruins Beat is, you know, should the Bruins be buyers? Like, and, and, and I think people are like, what? But when you really think about it, like you look at the division, you look at the situation, you look at the expansion draft, uh, and, you know, is it really worth it? Is this roster worth it to go completely all in on, to go balls to the wall on, to give up Johnny Beecher, a first round pick, um, uh, Grizzly technically in the expansion draft, probably, um, a third asset, whatever that might be. And that doesn't even encapsulate what it would take to then get a top six forward, which we'll get to in a little bit. Like that would take a lot more. Uh, that's a, maybe another future first. Uh, that's another prospect. Like let's say hypothetically, because we'll get to Connor Garland in a second. Um, credit to you for being on Garland from like last season, from last off season when we were like digging for topics. I remember you brought Connor Garland up and I was like, what? And now he's a legit trade target. Um, but like, is the, are you, are you going to look back? Like you mentioned it with Ekholm. If you don't want a cup, let's say you're out in the first or second round. Let's say you don't even make the playoffs. Imagine you don't make the playoffs. Then it's like, what was the point of this? What, like you had Ekholm and, and Connor Garland to this team. It, I, it makes you better. Yes. But is it, is it, I will put it this way. Is this team, should they be buyers at the trade deadline? Cause I think, I think, I think there's different levels of buying that I don't think it's like you're in or completely in or you're out. I think it is different levels of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you in that sense because that, you know, Sweeney talked about it earlier this week where, you know, in terms of how active they are, obviously they're, they're looking at deals now because you don't want to wait until April 12th to make these trades and all of a sudden, you know, oh, great. We got Ekholm and Garland or what have you. And they're playing on like April 21st when you finally first get them in a game. It's not a deal, right? Yeah, um, Kana, can you drive across from Arizona to Boston? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a he's a Boston guy, so you think he'd be he could be committed to it, but um, but yeah, I, I think it's a situation where it, it's going to depend on just how how the team is is looking. But I think the overall question for them is just going to be how uh, committed you are in terms of buying in and and acquiring assets, because I I feel like it's not going to be a situation where they're going to stand pat or sell because I, people like they should just sell. I'm like. All right, what 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 value are you thinking you're going to get? Like, who are you trading? Because you know, are you trading Krejci? Is Krejci going to like net you a, a package that's going to drastically fuel this rebuild that that you want to do? Like, is is Rask going to? Um, you know, I think probably Rask you probably get quite a bit for him, but still, it's two two pending UFAs. Like, are those guys going to change? Um, you know, get you, it's not like the, the Celtics Nets trade from, from 2013, right? Where you get <laughs> assets and you're like, oh, we're, we're ready to roll. Um, cause again, I don't, I don't know. I'm not buying into the fact that the Bruins are looking at this as like, you know, a two, three year window where they're true cup contenders. And then it's like, we're blowing it up. Like we're, we're going to tank. We're going to, you know, I, I think they're cognizant of the fact that their true cup window with Bergeron and those guys is dwindling, but I don't view it as, 
all right, in 2023, like we're going to go, we're going to win 21 games and we're going to compete and try to get a, a top five pick because as we've said multiple times, how is, how is embracing that mentality helped the, the Red Wings who haven't had one, you know, so far good talented, uh, you know, top five pick the last couple of years, like at Buffalo. Um, so that's not the obvious that, one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like Edmonton, many, Edmonton yeah. before McDavid. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I view it as more of them looking at it as, you know, a revamp, you know, bridge retooling uh, more than anything is how they view, you know, two years from now, how they're going to approach it. So I don't know if they're going to fully blow things up um, and rebuild, but I think it's more of a question of how much do they, um, you know, how aggressive they are at this off uh, of, at this trade deadline. Right. Cause it, it's more of, are you looking at, swinging to the fences and getting Ekholm and a legit top six guy, or are you looking at, you know, let's get Mark Stahl and Bobby Ryan. Thinking, Mark Stahl, Bobby Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things where it's, you're not, you know, mortgaging or giving up the farm of, you know, talented players and they're not moving DeBrusque who, again, I, I think people are keep on mentioning that like he's the number one trade chip. And I, ideally I think the Bruins don't want to move him because I think they're terrified of, going anywhere else and becoming a consistent 20 goal scorer. I keep on seeing Jake Vertanen uh, trade rumors oh, people throwing that out there. And it's like, guys, he's much better than Jake Vertanen, who it's always funny people always mention they want Jake Vertanen when, like, the dude got in trouble also for, like, clubbing in, like, the summer up in Vancouver, which, like, if that was in Boston, people would be shitting their pants if that was yes. a story. So it's it's funny how that works when he's not on your own team. But, um... Get yeah, a good I hot card a few years ago. Yes. Uh... <laughs> So I think it's one of those situations where it's more of the question isn't going to be, are they going to like be buyers or sell just how aggressive they're going to be? Because I, I don't see, unless they completely bought them out, you know, if they play, you know, Buffalo, I think maybe three, three times uh, before the deadline and they get smoked in all of them and they lose to the devils and the ranges and Philly, who is keeping them afloat by also playing like trash right now. If Philly Sucky. beats them. Yeah. If, if they're going into a slump like this, which, You'd imagine they won't like they're at least getting, you know, one of the takeaways from Cassidy talking with us recently was seems like a lot of guys who were injured, outright injured are getting closer to a return. Um, so they shouldn't be, you know, plummeting in, in terms of just the overall state of the roster. Um, but I, I think that's the main decision they have to make is just how aggressive they go for it. Cause I think you also be, have to be aware of, they probably don't want to go through a situation where it's, you're getting guys that are only going to be here for a year or two. That's why you look at Garland as a guy that would make sense where he's 25 and he's an RFA where you get him this year. He obviously helps out this year, but he's also a piece I think you can add to this next kind of core that you're trying to build. So um, it's a lot of different factors to weigh into it, but I think it all comes down to just how aggressive they want to be and whether the prices are right, because they've got, you know, some cap flexibility that most teams don't have. They got the need to acquire guys. It's just, I think reading the, reading the rest of the league and whether it's worth swinging for the fences this year or, you know, go for it again next year, because um, again, time's running out, but also you have to be aware of just what challenges lie in front of you. The real question is, is this a Lee Stepniak deadline or is this a yes. Rick Nash deadline? Which obviously, yes. and that's the thing, you mentioned Mark Stahl, Bobby Ryan. People would be pissed if that was the, the two that they got. But again, if Sweeney looks at this team and says, I don't, I have second thoughts, I have second guesses. I kind of want to not mortgage the future on these guys. You know, I'd rather take a chance, you know, sell low for, you know, Bobby Ryan or something or buy low, excuse me, buy low. 
mm-hmm. for a guy like Bobby Ryan and, and maybe Mark Stahl. Um, again, I, those don't excite me at all. Those do not excite me one bit. Um, and I don't think they should excite you, but, uh, if they, if, if Sweeney says, you know what, I, I don't think that this team has it. I'm not prepared to give up a first or Johnny Beecher or Jake DeBrusque or any of these assets that teams want. Um, then that's what he's going to do. Now, again, <laughs> you know what the fallout of that's going to be, because if Bobby Ryan and Mark Stahl come here, they're, you know, they finish fourth or third in the East. They're out in the first or second round. People are going to go, well, what could have been? Imagine if you swung for the fences, got Echo and Garland, how much better you would have been, um, which I think would be the big issue with a move like that. Because um, people are just going to constantly say, well, what if you did more? It's like last offseason when they got Richie and Kasha and neither really did a heck of a lot in the bubble. Uh, by a heck of a lot, I mean, like, did almost nothing. Um, everyone said, well, what if you just do what Tampa did? You know, maybe you get past Tampa. So, um Let's get to the next or the last uh, topic on today's show. Uh, and this was an interesting one. This, this kind of came from 31 Thoughts. Um, Arizona is a team, that a very underrated team uh, in what they could sell uh, and being kind of a, uh, uh, a replenishment for many different teams. They, they, they're going to be sellers. Um, TBT to when they got Taylor Hall, though, last deadline. People forget. Uh, that was such a, such a good time. Um, but they don't have a first-round pick, and they have assets to sell. And the, the team they currently have is, is uh, construed, I would not say, is one that is really set up to win championships for uh, many years down the line. Yeah. Um, but there's one interesting trade chip, and that's Connor Garland, which should be a fun name for you to uh, say when he, when he evidently comes to the Bruins, uh, Connor Garland. But uh, Situate, the Situate, the Situate Sniper. Um, so Arizona over Nashville, is that the move? Is the move instead going from the Coyotes instead of the Predators? Yeah, well, it seems like there's building momentum in terms of uh, Arizona being a potential team that I think a lot of teams might be focusing on for assets because it's not just, you know, Freeman, I think, kind of started it where he mentioned Garland being a potential ad and, um, you know, the Bruins being linked to it. But I think also on insider trading on TSN with uh, LeBron and Dreger and a few of those guys, I think Dreger said that uh, Coyotes, again, they've got, talent there right they got Gallen, they've got keller they've got you know ekman larson they got pieces there but it seems like especially with new management in town with armstrong uh they could be looking at kind of just getting wiping the slate clean freeing up money and kind of re- starting from scratch um i think dreger said that the coyotes are quote willing to discuss just about anything on the trade front so make of that what you will in terms of who's available but it seems like they might be in a more position to kind of hit the reset button than Nashville, where, again, I don't know if it's the right move or not, but, uh, you know, they mentioned that Nashville could trade at home, right? But also they're not, you know, they're not inclined to do it just for the sake of doing it, right? Like, he's got another year on his contract. Um, they're still, I think, technically in the playoff picture because then Chicago's coming back down to earth, which, again... I don't know why you're still trying to extend this kind of window that you have that you really don't have your Nashville, right? Like, I don't know if what, what run you're going to, going to be going on, but, um, that might be complicating things a little bit if for teams looking to acquire some of the guys Nashville has, but for Arizona though, if, you know, Gallon's available, uh, you know, they've got other pieces, they've got some, uh, defensemen who are on expiring contracts. Again, none of them are game changers like Ekholm, but if you're just looking for bodies, um, they've got a few guys and kind of look at Arizona, right? It, it's tough to kind of size up what Arizona wants to do because we were in this position 
months ago talking about the Bruins, you know, trying to get Oliver Ekman Larson from them and that team wanted to get that contract off the books, which considering that team also is like behind on its rent payments for their own arena. It's not great. So you can make sense why they're uh, trying to free up some cash, but, um, but you look at just their overall mentality of dealing with that, of hitting the reset button. Like, are they inclined to move a guy like Garland? Are they inclined to move a guy like Clayton Keller? You know, like, is that a guy that who's 22 years old? He's a very good young center, but he's also signed for, I think he's also another BU guy, but he's also signed for seven years. I think after this at seven, 7.1 million, he's pretty much getting paid David Krejci money. Like is Armstrong and those guys, cool with a guy like that on on the books when they want to try to hit the reset button. So um, there's a couple of different factors you have to weigh into it. And it seems like Arizona is more inclined to willing to part ways with a lot of guys than, um, than most teams are. So I think they could definitely be a team that the Bruins and other teams should be targeting in terms of, seems like they're kind of open for business. Cause again, we are, as you said, a year ago, they got Taylor Hall and you thought they were going to make a run for it. Then this off season, Hey, we're going to move, Oliver Ekman Larson, if anyone wants to take his contract. So it seems like it's tough to get a full gauge on what their thinking is in terms of where they are as a franchise, where they want to hit the reset button. But it seems like the momentum now is, you know, completely starting from scratch, which could open the door for a lot of appealing guys hitting the trade market if you're willing to pay up. I just had an idea. You mentioned the Krejci money with Keller. What if over the offseason they don't re-sign Krejci, but they do go out and trade for Keller? That could be uh... – I'm just saying. Just tossing that one out there. When that happens, I want this pull. I want someone to be like, hey, Evan said this way back in, in March. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyways, yes, it, it is funny that the Predators are you know 31 points right now. Uh, they're four back of the Blackhawks who are in fourth. It's funny, I was looking at the West, and I didn't realize how far the Kings had fallen. Uh, the Kings were a team that was like, you know, in the playoff race, you know, a week or two ago. And now they're, uh, they're 32 points. They are, uh, they're five points out of a playoff spot in the West, which obviously we didn't expect them to do anything, but it was, was kind of cool seeing Kopitar carry that team um, into the playoffs. But at any rate, yes, the Coyotes, by the way, are also only four points out of the playoff race. But mm-hmm. I also do think that at the same time, like, do you want to just keep doing this every year? where you are like a fringe playoff team, or do you want to actually just like blow it up and try this all over again, which is, I think where they're leaning towards. Um, but yeah, I would not be surprised. Kemper's also a guy who's, been rumored to kind of yeah. maybe be on the move. Um, and it's funny. He was a guy who was he ever rumored to come here over the offseason? I know that when the Ekman Larson trade stuff was happening, people kind of were like, Hey, they could throw Kemper in that deal. Yeah. Um, I think it was more one of those where if you're looking at just a bigger overall package, that would make sense to, to look at a guy like uh, Kemper. So, I mean, they've yeah. got, they've got pieces. They're not, they're not built as a strong overall team. Uh, you know, they're not scoring a lot of goals. Um, but they've got definitely pieces around that I think a lot of other teams would definitely covet. Phil Kessel, back to Boston. A re- no. a reunite. Reunite him with Krejci. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Everything just comes right back. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that ultimately that is a team who you could get an asset or two from. Um, and again, is in way, in way more of a position to, uh, to deal off. And again, it sounds like from the past with the Ekman Larson stuff, the Bruins and the Coyotes have a good enough trade relationship. Uh, where this is this is a potential partnership that could happen. So um, that could be the team. That could be the team that your Boston Bruins make a cup run off of. So last year it was the Anaheim Ducks. This year maybe it's the Arizona Coyotes. Woo! What fun. Um, mm-hmm. But speaking of the Ducks, by the way, Zegras 
Drysdale, the team looks, they, they got some good young talent over there. They still have more coming. So yeah, that's again, the, the, we talk about Buffalo and, and the Red Wings and those guys, but you also have some guys who keep on hitting on, on young prospects. So again, it's all a crap shoot, right? Look at Ottawa, Ottawa after trading Carlson and Stone, all these guys are like, oh, this team's going to be the dumpster for a while. And they're not good, but you look at their kind of pool of young players and it's pretty good. So it is, uh, but yeah, you know, Anaheim's a, they've got a, a fun, young core to, to kind of build around. You look at the same as the Kings who got a whole bunch of younger players as well that look pretty good. So uh, it's going to be a few rough years on the West Coast for hockey, but it seems like they're at least all those teams are, or maybe not the, the Sharks. Sharks, I think, are going to be screwed for a while. That Some of those deals they had are really bad. But Well, they have John Leonard and Mario Ferrara. They'll be fine. There you go. There you go. They're going to be, they'll, they'll be pieces the next. they actually been playing pretty well, right? They have been, yeah. They've been yeah, good. There you go. Nice. Uh, but there you go. But as a whole, a few more years for the West Coast, but they're they're on their way back. Yeah, no, and that's a good thing to see. I love that hockey's on the West Coast. I have cousins in California who, lo- who are like big Ducks fans. They're mm-hmm. diehard Ducks fans. Um, so they, they they really want the Ducks to come back, and that's why the Ducks are one of my favorite teams. Because I'm like, hey, they're a cool team. Um, those Scott, by the way, Scott Niedermeyer days, was Pronger. Those were fun Ducks teams. That those those teams were were great. I always love the the uh, the story that Brian Burke told of how the Ducks desperately wanted Joe Thornton. And he basically oh, yeah. said, like, I'll protect five guys. You can have whatever you want of the rest. And you probably could have got, like, Getzlav or Perry or uh, who, who, uh, who else was on that team that was young and good? Bobby Ryan was was young and good back Bobby then. Bobby Ryan. Um, so there's there's another def- couple of There's guys. a defenseman, I think. Uh, well, Chris Kunitz, was he on that team? Um, I'm trying to think he was on because I I think everyone wrote a story after that Burke interview came out where it was like you looked at the the roster and like oh god because they had like two or three nasty guys <laughs> but they definitely had a whole bunch of guys that if the Bruins struck that deal they would have they would have snagged so but instead they got Marco Sturm Wayne Primo and Brad Stewart three incredible yeah. well, Sturm was good actually I'll give I'll give, I'll give yeah. a check on Sturm but yeah uh, Primo and and uh, Brad Stewart not so much but uh, at any rate that has been today's uh, poke the bear. Uh, Connor, is there anything that you'd like to plug before we leave? Yeah, we're going to be looking at a few more trade scenarios. Uh, as we talked about today with the uh, Coyotes, might do a deeper dive on just kind of their situation <laughs> and who else besides Gallon they could be looking at targeting um, if that's a team that really wants to start a fire sale. So we'll have all that over at BSHA, so subscribe over at bostonsportsjournal.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. We'll do all that. And I'm Evan Marinovsky from Sealness Media. That's Connor Ryan of uh, Boston Sports Journal. This has been Poked Bear episode 36. Have a great rest of your day. 